Welcome to the Uptown Parlay Podcast. We got Ace, Ant, and Malik. We have the Atlanta, New Jersey Jets. The Jets coming off their first home victory are going down to Atlanta, and Atlanta is the favorite by three points. Atlanta snatching defeat from the jaws of victory last week by giving away that game at the very end as they, the Falcons lend themselves to doing. With me not starting Cordero Patterson, because, you know, why win at fantasy? And uh, just on that alone, I'm taking the Atlanta Falcons to beat up on the Jets on the road. Um, Anthony pointed out the Jets' offensive line is hurt. Um, the fact that they were able to win that game, I didn't realize that Julio Jones and A.J. Brown weren't going to be playing. But you know who's going to be playing? Kyle Pitts and Michael Gage and Calvin Ridley. So when you have real receivers to cover and you have a bad secondary and a pretty good quarterback in Matt Ryan, a good, not great quarterback in Matt Ryan, and a very good, I'd say a suitable defense to take on the Jets on the road in a dome. I'm going to take Atlanta to win. I'm going to take Atlanta to cover. Give me Atlanta and the under. The over-under on this is 46 and a half. This is going to be my first lock of the week. Okay. Um, I will take Atlanta and the under as well. Um, what I will say primarily here, I agree with everything, or all your assessments there. What I will say primarily here um, is that the – the interesting conversation here in, in Georgia is around whether or not Matt Ryan is going to request a trade, um, whether or not he's going to request a trade of it out of Atlanta. And it, I don't know. I don't know. Um, but the question is about whether or not he is going to request a trade because he you know, wants to win. And clearly the Atlanta Falcons are not in that position at this, at this point to help him get a victory. Does he know he's part of he the reason the, why they're not winning? Does he, does he understand that fact? <laughs> That he may, uh, he has completely denied the rumors. What the rumors have been out there, I've been hearing them on the news, and it's just been an interesting, an interesting conversation. That's but I, think, I say that to say, I say that to say, I feel like this is the opportunity for Matt Ryan to come out and show that he still got it. He can still play at a high level, and and sure, it comes at the expense of the Jets, but you know, a lot of things do at this point. Uh, and the Jets are coming. <laughs> the, Jets, the Jets are coming off of their first win of the season, so ex, you know, expect them to kind of have their um, didn't be running around doing their thing and having a bit of a letdown, you know, coming coming into this game against Atlanta. Um, Atlanta needs this win, so go ahead and take them and feel pretty confident of the three. Because um, yeah. I think that I think I think it's actually I think that's actually pretty low. Uh, I think uh-huh. if you if you just if you just line both teams up against one another, they would you would you would pick Atlanta talent that the talent level at Atlanta is better and just overall team is better. The so entire Jets defense is hurt. Like they didn't stop. They didn't stop anything. They, the only thing they really yeah. stopped was the passing game. And right. They got the ball first. Exactly. And they scored a touchdown, so they won the game. So that was it. Yep. So yeah. that's so, just what it was. Take Atlanta and give the points here, and, and you should feel pretty confident doing it. I know this is your first lock. I mean, I'm not going to put it in as my first lock of the week, but I'm definitely very confident in this one. Wow. I just saw something on uh, Sports Center. The Jaguars are on the second longest losing streak in NFL history, only behind the 77, the 76, 77 Bucks, who lost 26 games in a row. And that's only notable because in 1976, the NFL only had a 14 game season. So just remember. The Jaguars have lost 19 straight, right? Because they lost the last 15. 
They lost the last four. 15, okay. and they lost four. But think about that. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers lost 14 games in a row, and then they lost, apparently, another 12 <laughs> before they had a game. <laughs> So they yes, lost I remember 20, that. 20, 20, there's no way you could remember that. Lost, you no, there's no. I remember in the seventies. No, no, no. There was a documentary on that. Well, how there was a documentary on that. Yeah, I guess. All right. Well, yeah, there's an ESPN documentary on it. That is tremendous. Although, in fairness to them, they were an expansion team. The Jaguars were in their twenty fifth season. So, <laughs> I mean, that was your first two years of your franchise. I can excuse that. All right. Next up, we got the New England Patriots going down in the Houston Texans. Texans are getting nine points at home. The over-under on this is 39 and a half. I don't know if Jacoby Brissett is going to play. Davis Mills has looked god-awful every week, week in, week out. But nine and a half points is a lot for me to believe the Patriots are going to beat somebody by. Um, Their tight ends played really well against that Tampa Bay defense, which shows me that Mac Jones is not going to make mistakes. And Houston does not have the talent on defense to force them. If somehow, some way, Davis Mills can just put a game plan together for him to just play mistake-free football, there's no way they lose this game by more than a touchdown. I'm going to lean towards the home underdog almost getting 10 points, and if it does get up to 10, I'm definitely going to take Houston. Um, give me Houston getting nine, and I'm going to take the over barely. I think this game's going to be 24-21 Houston. It's interesting that you took Houston here. Um, New England looked really good last week against Tampa Bay. I mean, I know they, they lost. They only lost the game by two and points. It was, it was in the rain, as we spoke about earlier. No, no, agreed. Yeah, um, but I think to me, what that what that lends, you know, to me is that they are a good, they're a good team, and that that should play well in situations where they are heavily favored. Um, and this is a situation where they are heavily favored. Yes, they are on the road, but this is not the type of game that they lose. If Davis Mills goes out there and plays. Um, we saw what the Patriots did to the Jets, to a Jets team that started their rookie quarterback. I, I, I bet Bill Belichick is salivating at the opportunity to, to face Davis Mills after having faced Tom Brady the week before. Um, so if he decides to play him, great. If he decides to play Jacoby Brissett, guess what? I coached him too. So, you know, I, I know I'm, I'm pretty well at, at knowing what they're so going to do Miami. and how they're going to try to. What's that? Jacoby Brissett's in Miami. Oh, I'm sorry. Um, Who's the backup in uh in uh in in Houston? Um, well, Tyrod, it's David Mills because Tyrod it's Davis Mills. Mills but yeah, but I'm trying to remember who the backup would be if Davis Mills can't go. But anyway, oh, uh, um, oh, uh, but, oh no, Deshaun Watson's the only other quarterback on the roster. Oh, okay, so just, so, so yeah, forbid they play be, him and actually try Davis, to win the game. It's going to be Davis Mills, Bill Belichick against a rookie quarterback after having dealt dealt with Tampa Bay and, and Tom Brady for for the last week. Um, it's going to be a welcome, uh, welcome surprise for him, and he's going to he's going to you know completely confuse Davis Mills into bad, bad throws, bad situations. I think the only thing I'm I'm worried about here, a little bit, is obviously the uh, the departure of Stephen Stephon Gilmore from the from the defense does hurt does hurt the Patriots a little bit, but I think they'll be more than uh, capable of handling a, handling a Houston team that's just not very good at this moment. So I'm gonna I'm gonna give the nine, and I'll play the under as well. All right. Next up, we have your Detroit Lions at the Minnesota Vikings. The Lions are home underdogs, getting seven and a half points in the over. No, Detroit's on the road. Oh, Detroit's on the road. They're road yeah. underdogs, as to be expected, getting seven and a half. That's right, because I thought they were listed first. They're listed second. They're listed first instead of second. So, Malik, who do you got? Um, 
Yeah, this is this is tough because every time I've picked against Detroit, they've covered. They they haven't won yet. But every time I've picked against them to cover, they covered. And every time I've picked for them to cover or to win, they did not. So uh, I'm almost t- I'm just tempted at this point to pick them to not win, just so, so in, in hopes that they cover and maybe they get a W. Um, the one thing that I that I will say here for this game, just in general, is uh, Dalvin Cook is still is questionable um, for a return. And one of the things that Detroit has been, you know, just getting gashed by is they've been getting getting gashed by good running backs. Um, that's not if if Dalvin Cook is injured or he is, um, you know, limited for for any reason. I think that gives Detroit an opportunity to make the game close and make the game interesting. So I'm going to take Detroit here uh, again. I, I tend I want to lean towards towards Minnesota just to, just to give myself an opportunity to come back come back a bit um, and to allow me to kind of root for Detroit to you know, to watch them, you know, actually, you know, cover this, but I'm going to take it. I think a seven and a half is a bit high. Uh, again, Detroit has played well enough to keep games close thus far this season. And I think they'll do the same thing here. So Detroit, I'm going to take the seven and a half and I'm going to play. We'll see over under here is 49 and a half. I'm going to play the under here. I'm going to take the under as well. And shockingly, I'm actually going to take Detroit to cover as well. Um, a couple of sites have this game as high as nine. I think it's going to settle in around eight and a half, maybe seven. I think it's kind of perfect because that extra half point, that hook, as they like to say in the biz, is going to get more people to bet on Detroit to keep it within a touchdown because of Dalvin Cook being hurt. Although Adam Thielen has been playing really well, they haven't been able to get the ball to just Justin Jefferson as much. And I got to give, you know, golf credit. He hasn't actually made a lot of mistakes. Like their offense is operating pretty well. It's just their defense has not really stopped anybody. But if they can stop anyone, I do think it'll be Minnesota because these are both dome teams. And them mm-hmm. playing in the dome, they'll be a lot more comfortable than they would have been playing Chicago outside. And Chicago just had a better defense, so they were just able to stop Detroit more consistently. Minnesota has Everson yep. Griffin, and I really not much else. So I'm going to go with Detroit to cover here. I don't think they win, but I do think that they cover. Um, next up, we got Philadelphia at Carolina. I think Philly is one and three on the season, and Carolina is two and two. I'm gonna go with Carolina. No, Carolina is three and oh, one. Carolina they were three, three and one. Yeah, yeah. That's mm-hmm. right. Carolina actually has one of the best records in the NFC, tied with the uh, Cowboys. It's because there's only one undefeated team left, right? And that's Arizona. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy to think about that. Um, I don't know if McCaffrey is gonna play. He is not. He's listed as like a limited participant, I think today. So he yeah, he's not, questionable. He's questionable, and he's questionable for the game. Pretty solid every week. Um, they're at home. The Eagles have been pretty good. The Panthers were able to put up some points against the Cowboys, although they faded against them. Their first three wins, as I pointed out last week, when I picked the Cowboys over them, were against pretty easy teams: the Jets. The Saints and well, maybe not the Saints, but the Jets, the Saints, and the uh, Texans, and Philly is kind of no different. They play well, but not well enough. Their defense is pretty good, defensive line, but everything else is kind of shaky. And you know, surprisingly, somehow Sam Darnold has been able to like run for a touchdown in every single game they've played. Um, I don't think he's going to be able to do that against Philadelphia. They got a lot of good team speed. Devonta Smith has been playing pretty well. So I'm going to lean on Carolina winning at home. 
Give me Carolina, and I'll lay that three and a half. And I'm going to take the over here because it's 44 and a half points. I'm going to take the points here. I'm going to take Philly in the points. Um, Philly has shown me – has not shown very much. Like you said, they're one and three thus far. Their their big win this season was against uh, it was against Atlanta. Uh, in, in Atlanta, uh, they then lost to San Francisco, Dallas, and then KC. But they showed me a little bit of fight again in the KC game. Um, they didn't roll over and uh, and allow themselves to get you know to get, to get run off run off the field against KC. Um, and some people did believe that that was going to happen, even though they were only a seven point dog in that game. Um, so I think getting some points against a Carolina team that, and then to Anthony's credit, to Anthony's um, Anthony's you know viewpoint on them thus far was that they were playing a little bit you know above their rating. Um, and maybe they were a little bit overrated uh, going into that. I didn't necessarily disagree with him from that perspective, but I do, and I do. So I do think this was a closer game than um, than we're giving credit for. And if it's going to go three and a half, I'll take the hook. I'll take the hook there and say that this game probably goes goes is, is a field goal game late and allows for uh, you know one of one one or one of the other of these teams to to win the game outright late. So. I would take the hook here, go Philly, and uh, this is I'm going to lock this one in as my first best bet. Uh, wow! As I'm going to take the take Philly with the points. Okay. Well, I'm believing up, in Jalen Hurts. I think he's going to be good. He can run. You know, he's surprising me. I didn't really believe in his game, but he's he's low key like doing his thing in Philadelphia. He really if, is. If him and Devonta Smith, like two, well, one half Alabama guy, one an all Alabama guy, if they can get it together, like. They just need one other person on defense. Like Dallas Goddard, their tight end, and him and Zach Ertz, if they can come on and get mm-hmm. it together, this would be kind of impressive for them to be able to somehow go eight and eight and nine or nine and eight on the year, maybe even ten and six or ten and seven. I could see that. That's a possibility for Philly. Yeah, um, unlikely as it is, but their offense, I think, can carry them. The defense just needs to kind of get it together. Oh, it's a first-year head coach, so maybe that's why. New scheme, new year. But – it's not a new scheme. It's the New Orleans Saints. We have Jameis Winston playing well this year. He's got eight TDs and two picks, and they're going to the Washington football team. And they are favorited on the road by a point and a half, which is basically a pick em to me. Because so I don't see how they're going to win this game by one point. The over-under is 44 and a half. And I'm going to take the Saints and the over. Um, this is going to be my second lock of the week. I don't have much faith in Washington. Um, they're two and two. But, you know, their one win was over the Falcons, and the Falcons kind of gave that game away. And they beat the Giants by a point. Every time they've played a team that had like a quality quarterback outside of Atlanta, who had just had a terrible defense and a lot of mistakes at the end, they've managed to find a way to lose. They lost to the Chargers week one. They lost at Buffalo week three, and they're going to lose in Atlanta. Um, so give me the Falcons to cover this one. I'm Wait, sorry. Give me said- the Saints. I'm tripping. Give me the Saints to cover this one. Against Washington. Okay. Against Washington. Yep. Uh Yep, I'll take the Saints here as well. We've seen good Saints, bad Saints basically over the course of the first the first four weeks of the season. We got a win against Detroit. I mean, against Green Bay on a neutral field. Then you've got a loss to Carolina, followed by a win against New England, followed by a loss to the Giants. Which, in all honesty, I would say I I, I count the loss of the Giants as two losses because they should have won that game. Um, they really should have won that game. They gave that game away late. Um, they had no business no business doing that. I think that they yeah, right the ship a little good against. Washington. The interesting, the interesting thing about the interesting thing about Washington, though, is Taylor Heineke is has played pretty well. Like in terms of, 
you know, uh, leading the team and not, you know, them not missing a beat from an offensive perspective, at least they've been able to hold their own offensively. He's only um, playing well because yeah. we didn't expect much from him. Probably so. You're probably right. Um, and I mean, granted, he has t- t- his two game, two of his first three games, his three starts were against the Giants and Atlanta. Um, so take that for what it's worth. But, you know, this will be a good test for him. Uh, the Saints defense should be pissed off about, you know, how they played. If they watched the film from the Giants game, they should be pissed off about how they played and devising a game plan to limit the opportunities for Taylor Heineke. That, for that reason and that reason alone, I'm going to go with New Orleans. I think they, I think they win this game outright. Um, I would actually play the money line here. I don't know what the money line is on this one, but I'll play the money line here for a New Orleans win because I think at a one and a half point spread, it's probably pretty low. You can probably make a little bit of cash on this if you if you're willing to to go a little bit over a hundred bucks on your on your bet. They're minus one thirty, so one hundred and thirty will get you a hundred. Yeah, so yeah, you, you can you can get your get your get get an extra thirty dollars in, play them on the money line, and then you don't have to worry about. Uh, and then you can make make you a bit of a make you a little bit a little bit of scratch there. I think this game is probably the easiest one to call straight up on the money line. All right. We have two college towns playing in pro football. We have the Tennessee Titans out of Nashville and the Jacksonville Jaguars. Jaguars are at home and they are four point underdogs at home. Um, I kind of thought this might be their first chance to win a home game, but with all the chaos and the fact that they have apparently the players are laughing at their coaches. He's trying to apologize for something that, I mean, I'm surprised he got caught doing. It's over under, and this is 48 and a half. They were able to cover last week. So it's not that Jacksonville won't cover again. And they're at home against a Tennessee team that's been kind of struggling. Miles um, Jack is pretty good, and he's still one of their, you know, top linebackers in Jacksonville. So they do still have some defensive talent. They don't have as much as they had before. And Tennessee isn't exactly playing great on offense, but they do still have Derrick Henry, who got it going against the Jets. And I have no doubt that he'll get it going against Jacksonville. Um, the, the other side of the fact of this is the passing game. I don't know who's going to be healthy for Tennessee. They let Jonu Smith go. He's now in New England. Jacksonville has a couple of weapons on offense, although they lost uh, DJ Shark for the season. They still have LaVisca Chenault and another top wide. I can't remember that guy's name. But they have a couple of running backs, and they have been getting together on that side. Trevor Lawrence has been making less mistakes. So the fact that he's been starting consistently, I do believe he'll be able to focus. And I'm going to go with Jacksonville, and I would even take the money line, but I'm definitely going to take them four. And if it goes with the four and a half, I'll feel even better. I think Jacksonville can cover at home. If Tennessee can lose to the Jets on the road, they probably will just barely get by Jacksonville. I don't think they're going to sleep on them, but I think that Urban Meyer will be able to be prepared for this team because they're going to be pretty one-dimensional. And I think Jacksonville's talent is going to rise to it because regardless of how they feel about their coach, players don't want to be embarrassed. They definitely want to get their first win. And this is a chance to do that as the AFC South is a pretty terrible division and that Tennessee is leading it right now at two and two. So all Jacksonville basically has to do is go on a three game winning streak and they're the division leaders again. So give me Jacksonville. I'm sorry. Jacksonville has to go on a three game winning streak and they'd be division leaders. So give me Jacksonville in the under it's 48 and a half. So give me Jacksonville in the under on this one. Uh, yeah, I'm going Tennessee in the under here. Look, you you said it yourself. I don't know if you got it on record, but you said it yourself that you know Jacksonville owns I think the, I think the second longest losing streak in in NFL, NFL history at 19 at, games. At, at 19 games, I don't expect I expect it to get to 20. I, I don't expect the Jacksonville to, to, to sort of 
figure it out. Let's figure it out over the course of, you know, one week at this point, even if it's a long week because they played on Thursday night um, against Cincinnati. The thing that the thing that I find interesting here for this game is obviously um, Tennessee is still figuring out how to play without their receiving threats. And that's meaning that means a lot more rushing opportunities for Derrick Henry, which is pretty, pretty good. But usually they, they like to you know, hold him out in terms of giving him a heavy workload until the end of the season. When, so he's fresh and he's able to to really carry things at that point. Um, losing to the Jets is not was not good. It was not, it was not a good look for them. Um, and but so at this point, you know, you should expect should expect them to be a little bit pissed off. And Jacksonville's a good team to to get right on. So I'm going to pick Tennessee and the under to, to for the cover here. And the other wide receiver was Marvin Jones Jr. That's who it was. And Julio Jones is yes. not expected to play this week. So yeah, I think A.J. Brown might be back. AJ I Brown, think A.J. Brown might be back. He might be back, but Julio Jones is still not expected to play. So, you yeah. know, they can double A.J. Brown the whole game if they need if need be. That's and true. Tannehill and actually Tannehill and – uh, oh my God! Why am I forgetting his name? Or Trevor Lawrence are tied in the number of touchdowns they've thrown this season. The only difference is Trevor Lawrence has seven interceptions. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. small difference. Small and he's difference. at home, so he should be comfortable. Um, Miami at Tampa. Tampa is favored by ten and a half. If Jacoby Brissett is starting again, I am taking Tampa um, by a million. I have no faith in Miami. Um, they gave the first one of the season to Indianapolis last week. They did that pretty easily. Indianapolis beat them, I want to say, by like 11 or 12 points. What was the final score in that one? Yeah, they beat them by, it's called speeding 27 to 17 at home. Tampa Bay's at home, and I really don't think Miami's defense is going to be able to travel. They have a pretty good defensive tackle, but outside of that, they don't really have much. Will Fuller is out, so they're pretty thin at wide receiver, and they actually traded one of their wide receivers to the Bears, shockingly. Although he was a special teamer, if anybody else goes down, who knows? They might have to have tight ends and running backs play wide receiver at this point. So give me Tampa on the at home to win by ten and a half. I think the defense will be able to carry them, and the over under on this is forty seven and a half. So give me the under on this one. I expect the beat them down game from Tampa. So no, my uh, so my second or third, my third lock. This will be your third. Yeah, Tampa. Yeah, I'm going Tampa here as well. I'm not locking in, but I'm going Tampa in the under as well. Uh, this is going to be a. Um, the, the only question I have about this game, honestly, and maybe that's the reason why they don't hit the 10, is whether or not this is a, you know, breathe, breathe again type of game for Tom Brady. You know, all, all the emotions and everything that was happening leading up to the game against New England last Saturday, last Sunday, um, and then everything coming out of that with conversations with the media about uh, COVID and, and all these things, you know, he just, he just made me tired. And maybe, maybe, maybe you catch them slipping a little bit. I don't think it's going to happen. And that's why I'm not betting towards it, but it's not why I'm not putting it as, as a best bet either. I think it's completely possible that Tampa Bay comes in, you know, maybe they're a little bit sluggish after the, after the game that they had and Miami gets out into an early lead and then just kind of holds on to keep the, keep the, keep the, the score at bay, keep the score, keep it within a one score game. Um, so I'm going to take my, I'm sorry. I'm going to take Tampa to cover Um and the under, but I think there's a back, there's, there's a possibility for a backdoor cover here, so I'm not very confident in it. That's why I'm not taking the um, the best bet. Here's another thing: uh, Jacoby Brissett is expected to start. He has two touchdowns and one pick. Um, 
Miles Gaskin has no rushing touchdowns on the season and don't expect him to get one this game because Tampa still has a number one rushing defense in the league. Mm-hmm. Um, and they have the second most pass yards per game as a team in the league. Although Dolphins mm-hmm. run, run defense is pretty stout as well. They're not too far behind Tampa. I think they're number four in the league. So mm-hmm. I'm leaning towards Tampa and a uh, low-scoring game here on the passing. Although Xavier Howard is pretty good, he can't cover everybody. Very he got a lot of weapons. All right. Next up, we got Green Bay at Cincinnati. This is going to be a quick one. Give me Green Bay minus the three, and the over-under on this is 50 and a half. Cincinnati's at home, but Green Bay just has a much better offense. Um, this should be a shootout, so I'm going to take the over. But give me Green Bay, and that's going to be my – no, I'm going to wait on the lock. Give me Green Bay on this one. Yeah, this will be my second lock of the week, Green Bay going uh, to Cincinnati. Uh, Cincinnati played has played pretty well uh, up to this point. Um, they played a little bit better than people expected, but Green Bay is a better team, um, and they are – uh, this is the type of game that they have to win in order to keep pace with uh, the Rams and the other teams and the Rams and the Bucks and the other teams in the NFC that they're going to be battling it out for for that home field advantage uh, to get to, to get to get everything to go through Lambeau this season. So in order to do that, you can't lose this type of game against Cincinnati. You've got to go out there, handle your business, take care of a game, take care of a, a team that you're you know you're a little bit better than. Uh, and the three point spread is more than enough for you to cover that. Uh, maybe this gets to be a Mason Crosby game. And the Bengals are able to cover um, cover the three, um, but I think if you if you believe that Green Bay is going to win the game, you believe they're going to win the they're going to win by more than three. So I'm going to take Green Bay in the over as well. All right. Next up, we got Denver at Pittsburgh. Um, so far, Teddy Bridgewater is not practicing as of today. Um, you may hear reports Thursday or Friday whether or not he is out of the concussion protocol. I don't expect that to be the case. I'm going to take Pittsburgh based on the fact that Teddy Bridgewater is not expected to play this weekend. We still don't know, but Pittsburgh is a one and a half point favorite at home. And the over under is 39 and a half. As we saw last week with a pretty run heavy offense from Baltimore, they were able to lose at home with Pittsburgh at home. I think I expect that's I expect this defense to recover and they got lit up by the Packers in green Bay. And the only team they've beaten were the Buffalo bills. Now they've played, Three out of four playoff teams. I'm shocked as how badly they played against Cincinnati. So if Pittsburgh has any shot at trying to get it together and win this season and actually try to make a playoff push in Ben's last year, or it should be his last year, um, if they don't win this game, it's really over for them. And the fact that they just have to win by a point and a half, I'm taking Pittsburgh. Give me the Steelers. Yeah, this is the, the interesting thing here is if Teddy Bridgewater were playing, I would take the I would take the Broncos. Um, that said, as of Wednesday, he's still in the concussion protocol. There's no guarantee that he's going to be there. So, if I'm picking this game today, I'm picking the Pittsburgh Steelers. I don't feel great about it just because the Pittsburgh Steelers have disappointed a bit in the last few weeks. Um, but I don't feel like I have enough information to really lean towards uh, Denver. Um, you know, without their their starting quarterback, so. I'm going to lean, lean Pitt here as well, and I'm going to take the under because I think this is a low-scoring game. I think Pitt's, Pitt's played some low, pretty much low-scoring games over the course of the season thus far, and Denver's defense is going to like to keep it low-scoring to, to give themselves an opportunity to win, uh, win late. So I'm going to take Pittsburgh as well, and I'll take the under. All right. 
Next up, we have my Chicago Bears at the Las Vegas Raiders on the road. The Raiders were shut down by the Chargers defense last week. Um, the coverage from the Chargers secondary is a lot better than I give them credit for. Their pass rush is pretty good. Joey Bosa is showing why he was a first-round pick. And the Raiders defense is not as no, is no slouch as well. The fact that the Bears are only getting five and a half on the road, I'm kind of shocked by. But these teams are similar. Well, Raiders are what, three and one. Chicago's two and two. If the Bears mm-hmm. were getting seven points, I'd be more lapped to pick them. But I could see them not covering this game, being as it's five and a half. I could see them losing this game by a touchdown, especially on the road in a dome. And Khalil Mack is going back to a team. But the Raiders' offensive line has been looking pretty bad. So I'm really kind of torn because I feel like Chicago shouldn't win this game, although Justin Fields is definitely locked in and he's preparing. And I know that they're going to have an offense, an actual offensive plan ready, and Eddie Goldman is healthy, but Akeem Hicks is hurt. So that's going to be another nose tackle who's not really going to be healthy for the Bears, who's been a key part of their defense. But all of their linebackers were back last week, and it made a huge difference against the Lions, I believe. Yep. So with all that being said, they covered easily against the Lions. I don't know if they're going to cover this game, so give me the Las Vegas Raiders at home. I think they beat the Bears by a touchdown. I'd like to see my team win, but I just don't expect it right now. So give me the Raiders and the under at 45. Um, yep, I'm rolling that way as well. Um, I think you're right, though. Uh, Chicago's defense did take a step forward with the return of all of their linebackers and probably should be able to get be, get after Derek Carr somewhat. But, you know, um, the passing game for the Raiders is, is, is going well. And Darren Waller presents a major, major challenge for any, any, uh, any you know, de- yeah. defense in the middle of the field. Um, and any linebacker in core that's going to be out there trying to contain him. So expect uh, Vegas to bounce back from the loss last week against uh, the Chargers and expect them to get, get themselves back onto the winning, winning track. Um, I am interested in seeing what Justin Fields does. I mean, he's being announced as the starter. Sounds, looks, sounds like he's going to be the full-time starter moving forward. And at the end, he thought it's going to be where he rightfully is supposed to be. He's right there on the sideline, giving help and tutelage to the young, the young player. Um, and so Justin Fields is likely going to go through some bumps and bruises, and this is probably going to be the first, uh, the first of many challenges for him, um, as he starts to embark on his, uh, professional football journey. So I'm going to take the Raiders as well. I'll take the under as well. Um, but I hope to see your point. I hope that this is a good game for Justin Fields, a good growing experience. I forgot to mention David Montgomery is also going to be hurt this game. So Damian Williams is going to be the starter. So that's that's right. Montgomery's going to miss like four or five games, right? Yeah, he's missing the next month at least. They're probably going to hold him out until after the week 10 or 11 bye. Yeah. yeah. And Fields and uh, Allen Robinson just have not had a great connection. He hasn't been able to find him. But a lot of teams have been, you know, focusing on him, trying to take him out of the game. Darren right. Mooney had okay. a good game last week, so we'll see how that goes. And they did just pick mm-hmm. up another wide receiver for special teams. So I don't know. They're just trying to add more depth or if they actually plan on using people in the offense a little bit more. But he has been spreading the ball around, and we need the tight ends to step up. And Jimmy Graham has not really given us much. I don't think they're using him in too many packages, which is unfortunate because he can still score. He proved that last year, helping the Bears in a couple of games. But Mm -hmm. being said, I got to lean on the Raiders. Um, Next up, we got Cleveland going to the Chargers. This is going to be probably – I think it's going to be one of the nationally televised 4 o'clock games, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, it is. 
So I'm going to be taking the charges on this one. I think they're one of the better teams in the AFC West. And they're actually leading the AFC West right now because of how bad the, uh, the Chiefs, the former, I guess, AFC and Super Bowl champs back-to-back seasons have performed so far this year. And, you know, Chiefs having that Sunday night game, I think this is a chance that, um, you know, the Chargers want to maintain their lead. And I think they're going to be able to beat Cleveland at home. They are one-point favorites, and the over-under is 48-and-a-half. Um, they have really good pressure on their defensive line, as do the Cleveland Browns. But I am leaning towards the Chargers and Justin A. Bear. So give me the Chargers as my fourth lock of the week. Malik, what do you got to say? Yeah, um, I expect this game to go uh, – I'm going to pick the Chargers as well. So be my third lock of the week. Um, you – you didn't agree with my pick of the Chargers last week against against Vegas. I told you the Chargers looked really, really good and had, had, were, were playing above their were playing kind of above their level um, after having beaten Kansas City the week before. Um, but truth of, the, truth of the matter is, like they can score, and they can score with just about anybody in the NFL. And if you're going to beat them, you're going to beat them by scoring scoring the football. You're going to have to put up more points than them. Cleveland likes to play things a little bit tighter, a little bit closer, and I think this is going to this game is going to force Baker Mayfield and that offense to open things up a little bit. Maybe get maybe get him to throw into into a few mistakes and get a couple of uh, opportunities for the Chargers to get short fields and points off of, points off of that. Uh, Justin Herbert has shown that he absolutely should have been the number one overall pick last year. Um, uh, and Joe Burrow, as, as great as Joe Burrow has been, uh, Justin Herbert has been better thus far. Uh, he's been the best rookie. He's been the best second-year quarterback uh, of the class. Um, and so I expect him to continue to shine, continue to play well. Uh, I know Cleveland's defense is, is pretty good and stout up front, but he stands in there. He stands in the pocket. He just delivers the football, and he goes a beautiful deep pass. So um, I'm going to take the, the charges here to cover at home and the over. All right. And next up, we have a big NFC East matchup. We got the New York Giants at the Dallas Cowboys. I'd like to point out the Cowboys have won their last four home games against the Giants and seven of their last eight against the Giants in Dallas. The last time the Giants beat the Cowboys was in 2016. It is the year 2021. So that was a long time ago. A long, I don't even think Dak Prescott was on the team. He was in college. That was Tony Romo. And uh, Mr. Three-Yard Catch there from the tight end spot. What's his name? He's out of the booth now, right? Is he finally retired? What are you talking about? Um, Mr. Uh, Hair Club. Hair Club Whitten? for Men. Yeah, Jason Wynn. That's right. You know what I'm mm. talking about. All of a sudden, he was on ESPN, and he had a full head of hair. Yeah. It's the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> um, at, at least for a former player, it's like, my man, you were just bald like a season ago. Like, how, how'd this happen? Anyways, um, I'm going to take Dallas. They're seven-point favorites at home, but over under is 52.5. I expect the Giants to really play hard, but I don't expect them to be able to stop them. The Cowboys have been rolling offensively, even though they just let go of Jalen Smith on their linebacking core. He hasn't really been doing much since 2019. He was, he's been kind of hobbled since last year, and he has lost a lot of his lateral movement and speed. So they kind of had to let him go, and the main reason was because of money. So feel bad for him, but the Dallas Cowboys on defense with Micah Parsons – basically playing everywhere on the field and them just asking to do a little bit of everything is kind of incredible. And Trayvon Diggs in the secondary has been terrorizing people. So 
give me the Cowboys and the under. Excuse me. I don't expect them to cover the uh, 52 and a half points, but I do expect them to cover this spread. This is actually the national game at four o'clock. I'm going to have to go somewhere and find that Cleveland Chargers game because everybody just assumes we want to see the Cowboys. So Cowboys, and it's going to be my last lock of the week or my fourth lock of the week. No, it's your last one. You have the Chargers. I got the Chargers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Last lock of the week. All right. uh, Dallas, Dallas and will be my fourth lock of the week here. Um, look, Dallas is 4-0 uh, in, against the spread this season. Uh, even the game that they lost, they were a favorite. They were, um, they were nine and a half point dogs to Tampa Bay, and they lost that game by two points. So they, they were able to cover that, and they've covered the three games since then as well against the Chargers, Philadelphia, and Carolina. Um, they're playing really, really well. Um, they're playing at, you know, above, quote-unquote, above their board at this point. Um, and so I would say, you know, continue to roll with Dallas until they give you a reason not to. The Giants just won against New Orleans. Mentioned, mentioned that previously after some really, really bad performances against Denver, Washington, and Atlanta. So, you know, are the Giants going to show up and actually be a, a, an, interesting, an interesting team this, this week um, that, can, that can give Dallas some, some real uh, competition and give them something to think about in the division? Possibly, but I wouldn't bank on it. So if you're going to bank on anything, bank on Dallas uh, covering the covering the spread and being able to hold Ford at home, um, and uh, again sticking with the the trend of them covering all of their spreads thus far this season. So I'm taking Dallas, and that's going to be my fourth lock of the week. All right. And last but not least, we have the San Francisco 49ers at the Arizona Cardinals. The most interesting fact I found about this entire game is that. Of every game this season, San Francisco has lost by single digits every single time. Every game has been decided by less than nine points or less every single game. The Niners are two and two. The Cardinals are still undefeated. And the way that they were able to beat up on the Rams, I believe that was in L.A. Am I mistaken? Yes, it was. They beat the Rams in L.A. by 17 points. I think they're going to keep that same energy as this is a division game. And there's no way that they're going to let the Niners keep up with them. And they're going to try to put them away early. They've actually figured out how to run the ball. This Chase Edmonds looked pretty dominant last week. San Francisco has a really good run defense, although Elijah Mitchell is supposed to be coming back, or Eli Mitchell is supposed to be coming back. So he's going to be splitting time with Trey Sermon. But um, Jimmy Garoppolo appears to be hurt, so we don't know if he's actually going to be able to start or if he'll be fully healthy. And if he has to come out of the game and Trey was it? Lance. Trey, Trey Lance. Thank you. I was about to say Trey mm-hmm. Lance. And Trey Lance is going to have to not take first team reps. And there's really no way you can prepare a rookie on that short of a time with a pass rush like Cardinals half and home field advantage like they have. The NFC West is really the toughest division in football, in my opinion, as all those teams really have a shot to actually win it. And I think everybody's basically playing division games this week outside of the AFC North and the NFC South. Uh, mm-hmm. AFC East games, but everybody else is playing interdivision games. This is going to be a big one, and I'm leaning towards Arizona to cover here. Um, I think they can win this game by a touchdown, and I think I'm going to lean towards the under here. It's 50 and a half, which is kind of a high-scoring game because if San Francisco loses, I don't expect them to have much offense in return. So give me Arizona and the under. So interestingly enough, Ace, this is the one, two, three, four, fifth, sixth straight game that we've agreed upon uh, 
Either we're going to have a great week or a terrible week. (laughs) So if we're all correct, Um, that means we're going to – I really need to put in this 10-game parlay. Arizona is going to be – Arizona is my fifth best bet here. Um, You know, I I don't like to be – I don't like to be prisoner of the moment, but, I mean, you can't deny what they've done thus far this season. They've won all four games, and they won all four games in in pretty – Pretty that impressive fashion. Was hurt. Right, right. Uh, they've won all four games in a pretty impressive fashion. You know, l- beating the Rams in LA, but also beating them by 17 points um, yeah. is the is the thing that that kind of you know stands out to you the most. Um, and so, to, honestly, there's just no reason to believe that they're that this is going to you know this, this, they're going to like you know. You know, fall off the rails here, even against the San Francisco team that you know tends to play them really, really well, and uh, and, and you know and plays up plays up to them. So I wouldn't say one way or the other that I feel you know like confident that you know Arizona is going to you know beat the brakes off of San Francisco, but I think that they'll be able to cover the five and a half. And I think that I think that you know putting it at putting it at five and a half and giving giving the uh, San Francisco an opportunity. Giving Arizona an opportunity to win it by one score is is more than enough for me to uh, to believe that they can hold it, they can hold down and uh, and win this game at home. It's so, more the fact I'm that everybody take Arizona else, as well. I agree with you. It's more the fact that everybody on San Francisco is banged up. George Kittle's banged up. Debo Samuel's playing great, but it's just not enough. And the running game just hasn't been there with the lack of health and everybody getting hurt in the running game. So, had Raheem Mostert been healthy, maybe this game goes differently. But that's why, you know, that's why I'm leading Arizona. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Kittle's gonna play. You know, a lot of those guys are gonna play, but like you said, it's not. There's just not a hundred percent. There's not a hundred percent. And then the situation yeah, the with Garoppolo and looking. Yeah, yeah. With Garoppolo likely being out, Trey Lance starting for the first time in his in his career. Like it's just everything leans kind of towards the towards Arizona being able to cover this cover this game. So yeah, just 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 go that route. And if I don't get another ten wins this week, then my name ain't Ace. <laughs> and that has been our picks for week five NFL. Please come like, and subscribe, follow us on Spotify, Apple podcasts, Google podcasts, podcast attic, and Podbean is where we are hosted. Shout out to them. And Malik, do you have any shout outs this week? Um, I'm a little depressed this week. My, I did have a shot. I was hoping to be able to shout out to New York Yankees and, uh, and them, you know, them making the playoffs, but uh, they made the playoffs for one night and were bounced by the by the Boston Red Sox in uh, not epic fashion, but just in, in disappointing fashion. I will say though, um, just happy the basketball's back. Uh, got to see a little bit of the Knicks and Pacers game last night, um, and and you know the Knicks looked pretty good in preseason in preseason form. They looked pretty good, uh, so if they can stay healthy, um, they can they can make some make things they make things pretty interesting. Shout out to Andrew Wiggins for seeing the seeing the writing on the wall and figuring <laughs> out that figuring out the amount of money that he was going to lose by not getting the vaccination when and he didn't get, get the back again. Yeah, right when he didn't get the religious uh, uh, the religious reprieve. That's he didn't my get, favorite. Like, the, what what, what to, religion was he claiming? That's what I, I want to know. No clue. I think I have no clue what he was claiming, but he definitely did not win it. And so when the, as soon as the NBA announced that he was being denied for the religious uh, you know, request that he had, and then you saw the amount of money he was going to lose, <laughs> and then he got, upset at, he got upset at the reporter when they asked him about the money that he was going to lose. It was like, oh, don't be in my pockets. I'm not in your pockets. Don't, don't think about it. Don't talk about my pockets and all that stuff. 
and then he he absolutely went with the decision that that invested his pocket so um so listen he like ben simmons he's not an all-star player right so like he's not going to get right. another huge contract exactly exactly so let's not he pretend that these, this 30 million is probably going to be this is going to be one of the last huge checks he sees yeah no disrespect, yeah. but like he hasn't lived up to his you know top three draft pick status yeah, uh, shout out to him and, and shout out to also to Mirabel de Blasio for, um, you know, being specific about announcing that he's not going to give Kyrie Irving or anybody that uh, tries to uh, skirt the rules according to um, wow. of, of, you know, being able to be able to play and practice in New York City. He's not giving him the benefit of the doubt, although I will say it's very interesting that Kyrie Irving. Um, what I did hear uh, is that Kyrie Irving is going to try to use the loophole of not being a New York City resident as a uh, as a as a loophole for him to be able to attend games and play in games because he's not a New York City resident because the rule um, or the law that's that's being uh, kind of you know marshaled out there is for New York City is for New York residents and he's but, not a resident of New York State he's technically a resident of New Jersey. Yeah, but he lives in New Jersey. No, he I get that. To, yeah, so I thought, I thought the rule was if you're in New York, so if you're not a New York City resident, you don't have to be vaccinated. It's it's it, you don't. Yeah, if you, it's not that you don't have to be vaccinated. You don't. You're not held to the same standard as uh, people that, that live in New York City. But so, he, but I, um, I thought he people from practice with the team right now because he's not vaccinated. Right, right. That's that's what I'm saying. Like he he's fighting he's fighting the the um, oh, he's challenging it in court. He's challenging he's challenging the the ruling there um, by saying uh, that he, because New York has because so for New York got it. It's New York rights issue now. It's a state. Yeah, rights guy. New York is it. not. This is, this is slippery slope. He's on. This is <laughs> this is very slippery. It's very interesting. It's going to be very very fun. It's going to lead right up to the end of probably right up to the end of the preseason when yeah. a decision will have to be made, and we'll just see what he does. So. Uh, shout out to them for uh, for, for mm. making this interesting, not just for basketball reasons, but clearly for other reasons. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, man. I mean, you know, he sees the world through a, uh, you know, little little hotepery, but, you know, to each their own. That's, that's, it's, their it's, own. Exactly. Exactly. Let, let that man it's, live. It's his money. He's already made $110 million. Maybe he doesn't need any more. Maybe he doesn't need $30 million this year. Maybe he only needs 17. So I ain't going to judge. That's up to him. It's more important. The world is more important than basketball to Kyrie. Uh, I hope I so. Guess. Yeah. I, I genuinely hope so because the weirdest thing about this is how do you deal with someone who, like, he's not the most important player on your team because that, no disrespect no. to him, but it's clearly Kevin Durant, especially after what I saw in the playoffs from him, which was amazing. No. Which He was, like, right. a foot away from Sending them into the what into the finals, Eastern Conference Finals, but they probably would have beat Atlanta. They definitely would have beat Atlanta. That was that was tremendous. And Harden playing like on half a leg, and just him being a hater on Giannis, and Giannis finally winning. I really enjoyed that, but not 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 to dwell on the past. Um, Shout out to the Dodgers for winning. Um, I kind of cheer for them, low key, just because uh, if the Yankees aren't in it, I'm gonna root for them. Also. The uh, White Sox, they're the only team in the American League I am cheering for because uh, forget Tampa and Boston. And uh, shout out to uh, Matt Nagy for making, finally making the right decision and naming Justin Fields as the starter. It's about damn time. Um, thank you for coming to your senses, sir. I appreciate you. We all appreciate you, and thank you for making the right decision. And um, shout out to Oklahoma and Texas. Because you're leaving the Big 12, 
no one outside of the states or Oklahoma or Texas seemed to care about the Red River shootout this year, which kind of <laughs> cracks me up. The fact that no one on the ESPN is talking about it, unless you're watching like football specific shows, no one's giving a damn about that game <laughs> right now because you're leaving the Big 12 and that's what you get. Because had you stayed in the Big 12, you could have ruled the roost for the next century. Who knows? And it wouldn't really matter. Now you're going to get be losing it to Arkansas for the next couple of years. You're going to be losing to LSU for the next couple of years. You're going to be losing to mediocre and above average Mississippi teams for the next couple of years. So look forward to that once again. And um, it's not me being petty. It's just me stating the obvious. Because after y'all lost to Arkansas, <laughs> get used to more of this. Get used to more of the same. Um, that is it for me this week. I'm going to keep it short. And uh, like I said, please like and subscribe. Leave some comments. And please follow us on Patreon. We're going to have more episodes up on there each week. And I am going to be doing some reaction shows. I don't know how consistently we're going to be doing it. But as there are upsets and surprises, especially in college football, I'm going to try to put those up um, either late Saturday night or early Sunday morning. So follow us, like, and subscribe. We're on all the major ones, Spotify. And we are looking for sponsors to hit us up. I'll talk to you all later. Uptown Parlay Podcast. We out. Peace out.